This is Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. So you may be asking yourself, why in the world is KCRAR doing a podcast? Well, we're really hoping that you, our membership, it takes some time to listen to this. We hope that you're going to get some information, a little bit of entertainment, maybe a, a few laughs out of this. And we're, you know, we're hoping you're going to listen to this podcast while you're driving, while you're working in the office, while you're changing a baby a uh, dirty baby diaper um and we really don't want this to be too long we really just want this just to be a little bit of information that's going to come at you occasionally and what's this podcast going to look like alex well it's going to be published every other wednesday um and every episode is going to have a little bit with bobby and i um and then we're going to interview a, a different guest every week we're going to give you some market updates we're going to talk about advocacy and we're going to talk about some great things that the association is doing to serve you our membership so, Alex, who are our guests going to be this week? Our guests this week are going to be Kip Cooper and Andrea, our wonderful president. And um, actually, uh, they are going to be talking to us about the association and what's been happening in 2018 um, and what changes we can see down the road for 2019. Um, should be very interesting. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Of course, you know, I love both of them, so that helps a little bit. But let's let our listeners know a little bit about who we are. Alex, tell me about yourself. How did you get in real estate? Who are the people you go home to at the end of the day? Just who is Alex? Sure. Well, I've been in real estate for about five years, coming up on five years. I got into real estate because I really wanted to be in charge of my own destiny. I substitute taught for a year after college, and I decided that one year of substitute teaching was enough. Um, so I hear you. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Substitute teaching was very, very difficult. Not that real estate is something that's easy, but subbing that was a, that was, it's another thing where it's different every single day, but not as rewarding as real estate is. Well, I have a funny story with that. So one of my agents, I was talking to her yesterday, um, and she just left the subbing world. And she was telling me the, the story of the day she knew it was time to be done. She was subbing in middle school uh, recently, and a student pulled a knife out of his backpack there in middle school. And she's like, you know what? Um, I'm going to sell real estate. <laughs> this seems much easier. So... So, no, I totally get it. Something you not know, for you. Yeah. One thing that I've never had happen in real estate, nobody's ever pulled a knife on me. So um, it didn't happen when I was subbing either, thankfully. Right. But. And there's still the opportunity? No. 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 no, no <laughs> that's no. okay. <laughs> well, and I have a beautiful wife named Sarah, and we just had a uh, baby girl about six months ago. And we've got a cat, and we've got a dog, so we've got three kids. Okay, so that's what's your cat and dog's name? Uh, cat's name is Nora. Okay. Um, and the dog's name is Boone. Ooh, Boone. I like it. Any yeah. particular reason for Nora and Boone? We, okay, so Boone is a name that came from our theater teacher, which was the first class that we had together in college. Aww. And so, yeah, yeah, so that. the dog's name is Boone. All right. Well, what do you like to do in your free time? Do you? Ooh, um, I fill my day with music. I'm an I, I'm a professional musician. I'm also a professional actor. I'm the artistic director of Leewood Stage Company, and my wife and I run a youth theater company down in Spring Hill called Madison Avenue Performing Arts. I will be directing a production of Shrek Junior <gasps> this winter. No way! Which I'm super excited about, and we have like 83 kids involved. So you could say that I fill every last second of my day with something um and it's usually productive and so i'm happy about that that's so awesome tell me about you what do you do what's well, your thing what's my thing i have lots of things so <laughs> uh i've been i like to say that i've been real estate for 32 years and then people look at me and they're trying to do the math in their head like 
wait a second, have you aged really well? And then, no. I got in real estate when I was eight years old. My mom was a single parent. I was an only child. I went on every listing, every showing, every everything. I started writing my mom's contracts when I was 10 because I was a smart aleck and she'd misspell refrigerator or she'd put a closing on Sunday and I would correct her in front of her clients. And one day she's like, well, if you're just so darn smart, you write the contract. Well, this was back in the day where contracts were, this is way before you were probably even born, Alex. Um, but contracts were one page long. They were carbon copied and you had to write through them. And my mom was a lefty, so she had horrible handwriting. I wrote that contract. It was perfect. So going forward, um, that's how I made my allowance. I wrote my mom's contracts. I did all of her marketing, you know, child labor laws or uh, license laws were broken during this time i am I sure say, is this a practice that you would recommend yeah, i do not now? um recommend this practice in any way <laughs> shape or form and uh let's see and so that's how i did it. on my 18th birthday i was licensed so just as of a couple weeks ago i've been actually licensed for 22 years in real estate i've attempted to escape this industry a couple different times and i just keep getting uh pulled on back i worked in title for a while i worked for the university of missouri for a little while but uh, got pulled back into real estate so awesome um yeah it's fun and it's entertaining and every day is different i think that's the one thing that keeps me going in this industry is every time i think i've seen everything you can possibly see and hopefully we get to tell a few funny stories over the, the history of this podcast um is that it's always different every single day and i'm a a wife to a um very nice gentleman. We've been together for 22 years. Just like I've been in real estate for 20 or licensed 22 years, I've been with my husband for 22 years. And uh, we have a little boy named Alex, so I won't ever forget your name. So that's what's really good. He's six years old. He's in kindergarten. We have a cat named Pumpkin who's evil. Um, evil Pumpkin. He's the world's worst cat. He's so horribly mean. And uh, in my spare time, I love to run marathons. I'm actually training right now for the Dopey Challenge at Disney World in January, which is a race take that takes place over four days. You run a 5K the first day, a 10K the second, a half marathon the third day, and a full marathon the fourth day. But you get wow. five medals if you do all of this. So yeah. What got you into that? Is it a cause or? And as I'm actually raising money for pediatric brain cancer. Um, I originally got started running marathons though to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I had a, a cousin who was diagnosed with leukemia when he was three. Uh, he went on to become an all-star athlete and I wanted to raise money to honor him. It was the year he was the uh, boy of the year for the Le uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society here in Kansas City. And so I ran my very first marathon to raise money for team and training. And uh, it was awesome. a really important cause to me. So that's why I do. I, I run long distances to raise money for people because I have brain issues, apparently. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Very cool. Well, so um, I think that here recently you were elected mm -hmm. as president-elect no, you're, are you going? No, yeah, president-elect. Be president -elect. Elect. Yes. You will be president-elect in 2019 of the Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors, yes. Board of Directors. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm hoping... <laughs> <laughs> We've well, been treasurer for the last right. year. Well, so I'm right? an association junkie. So I, so I grew up in real estate, like I said, and I was burned out of real estate. Like time I was 18, this was the last thing on earth I was going to ever do. And yet I kept getting pulled back in. And so the one day somebody showed up to me and they said, Bobby, just go show up at this meeting. And I just found something that I absolutely love. So I'm the former president of the St. Joseph Regional Association of Realtors before we all merged here together. I've sat on the executive committee for the National Association of Realtors. I'm the incoming chair for the National Strategic Thinking Advisory Committee, which means I'm putting together the strategic plan for the National Association right now. And so when someone said, hey, Bobby, why don't you run for KCRER treasurer? I was like, sure, why not? I was going to check another <laughs> box off. No. But I love serving the association. I love representing our memberships. I love being the voice for our membership. And it 
I, you know, it, it gives me a sense of fulfillment helping others. And that's why I like to do what I do. But what my exact role as president-elect is, is just to do whatever Steve Moyer tells me to do. That's really <laughs> what it's going to be all about, Steve, just telling me what to do. Well, um, he's good at that, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and the person that really encouraged me to run for this uh, role uh, is Andrea Sheridan, which Andrea and I have been very, very close friends for five years. We actually met as we were founding the KCRAR uh, YPN group um, back several years ago, but we didn't connect at that time. It was a couple of years ago or later that we connected at some Missouri Realtor Association meetings, and we've pretty much been um, an unbreakable bond since then. We've discovered pretty much we've led parallel lives our whole entire lives, like we were to the point of being sisters, it's freaky, to all the way to the down the point that our moms, who are both passed away at this point, um, they had the exact same birth dates. And wow. our dads, growing up, our dads worked for the same company at the same time. They both still work for the same company, just in different locations. So how long have but you like, known each other? We've only known each other, like really known each other for like five years at this point. Got but it. we've uh, internally wow. at this faded thing of like our whole lives together. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. So um, I'm really excited that she's going to be coming in, um, talking um, about the board today and hearing what um, she and Kip have to say. So Well, great. Well, I think it's about time to bring them in. Yeah, I think that's really great. All right. We have Andrea Sheridan and Kip Cooper in the room. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk. This is our first episode. We're very excited to have you both as our guests. Woohoo! Woohoo! So, let's uh, each one of you tell us a little bit about yourselves. How did you get into the real estate industry? Who are the people you go home to at the end of the day? And um, some other random fun fact we should know about you. Andrea, let's take a start with you. Fantastic. So, I was licensed in 2002. I am a second generation realtor. So, how I got into real estate was my mommy made me. Um, so. <laughs> Alex, does that sound familiar from our conversation earlier? It does, yes. Okay, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I taught school. I was an elementary music teacher for two years and um, sold real estate as a dual career agent and then started full-time in 2004 and um, being involved was what we did so I, I didn't really know that you had an option of not being involved <laughs> so I have loved every single minute of um, being involved in the association and I go home to my super amazing family I have my husband Scott I have four children um, Ava is my daughter and then I have three bonus kids and I have two grandkids Nala and Christian and they are fantastic. Do you have any pets? I do. I have a golden doodle named Willow and she's a spaz. <laughs> well and I have to interrupt for a second because we have something in common sort of. What, the, what was your degree in? Vocal music education and performance. Very cool and that was at William Jewell right? Yep. Awesome. Well, that's great. So, so tell us the coincidence sing, with you. There right? we go. We, we Thank you. Sing, Full circle. Right? To be clear, to be clear. All right, Kip, so tell us a little bit about you. Well, I don't sing. I don't <laughs> either, Kip. That's but, why we're at this side of the table. But you two are absolutely brilliant. And if people haven't heard you sing, they really should. It's it's really something special. So I'm Kip Cooper. I'm the, the CEO for KCRAR and Heartland MLS. And I really I got into this, this business about 18 years ago as the lobbyist for the realtors at the New Hampshire Association of Realtors, and, uh, and then took a position with the Las Vegas Association of Realtors for about seven years as their chief lobbyist. And, uh, and then I took my first CEO position uh, in North Alabama at the, the uh, uh, 
Huntsville Association of Realtors and North Alabama MLS. And I've been here for about three years now, which has been just absolutely fantastic. And, and the families really love moving to Kansas City and working with our great leadership team. Uh, I go home to, uh, to Christine, my beautiful wife, and we have a, an 11-month-old baby girl, Catherine. And uh, I have a chocolate so lab. She is so cute. <laughs> What's your chocolate lab's name? Uh, Angel. 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 Yeah. All right. Cool. Very cool. So, Andrea, tell us a little bit about your role as KCRER president um, and then how that kind of differs from what Kip does. And then Kip can tell us more of his day-to-day stuff. Yeah, so the president of the Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors is the realtor advocate for the board. Um, So kind of managing how the board of director meetings go, um, overseeing the different committee work that is happening within the association. Um, So where I take the the, um, realtor side, KIPP is CEO, HR, all of that fun stuff of the association. Does this mean you get to be the queen and wear the tiara all the time? No, no, no. Oh. No, no. Dang it, I was hoping there was a tiara. And that's only why I signed up for this, Alex. I thought there was no a tiara. tiara. Dang it, I'm out. You do get a gavel. Ooh, okay, a gavel. With a gavel. Okay. Are there, is there anything shiny on the gavel? No. Oh, well, that's not any. Maybe we could put, maybe we could bejewel it. it. Yes. Give a dabble the gavel. That's hard to say. Wow. What color do you like? Royal blue. All right, we'll do. I bleed. Royal, realtor blue. Royal blue, bedazzled gavel. <laughs> Let's I'm, make it happen. Gonna, I'm going to make it happen. I'm making oh, a note right here. So Andrea, with all of that being said, getting back on task. We squirrel. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> with all of that being said, why does all of that matter? Like, how how do our how does our membership benefit from all of your hard work and all of our hard work? as uh, association volunteers. We are definitely better together. So all of the work that the association does helps, I mean, their sole mission is to strengthen the realtor brand um, for consumer involvement, to make sure that we stay central to that transaction. So I, I love the profession. I love what we get to do every single day in helping homeowners, and we really are helping people with their largest investment that they ever make in their lives. So everything that we do on an association level is to raise that up and give us that professional status and giving the tools to all of our members to put them central in a real estate transaction. What are some of those tools? Um, so all of the resources that we have on resourcekc.com. Um, Shameless plug. Yeah. What was that plug. site again? Resourcekc.com. Um, lots of education. I think when we have well-educated members, they serve the general public at a much higher level. Um, we have things like life lifeline response, <laughs> which is a Jump in anytime, Kip. <laughs> I always get tongue twisted, whether it's lifeline or life it's response. Lifeline or, response. Yes, yep. okay. Safety app. Awesome um, app. Please download it. Help, I've fallen and can't get up. No. Oh, that's the other thing. Different company. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a different tool. Um, and then just having the stats that get aggregated for us and we're able to push those out, being the um, expert, the market expert of choice for the people. Um, and, and there's so many of them, but when you go to resourcekc.com, you can see all of them. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, the day in the life of a, of a real estate CEO or realtor association CEO is, is ever-changing. Um, so I'm really here to be at that 30,000 foot level to look out for our members, be their advocate, uh, make sure that we have the right tools, the right education, 
and, uh, and manage all of the staff. We have about 40 people on our staff here. We're one of the largest local associations in the country. Uh, we've recently merged with St. Joe up in Bobby's neck of the woods. And, yes, sir. Uh, you know, that's, that's gone really, really well. So we have uh, our main office here in Leewood. We've got an office up in, in St. Joe. And we're actually in the works to uh, uh, perfect a merger with Warrensburg. Uh, so that would bring us to about 30 counties in two states. And I'm also the CEO for the MLS. And I think anyone that, that's been following the MLS industry knows how much that has changed. And we're seeing a lot of consolidation, a lot of mergers in that space. And really, that's a, a way to provide better service and technologically keep up. And uh, kind of uh, the, the larger your MLS is and the more better resourced it is, uh, the better the tools and the better that we can negotiate um, services uh, for you, keep those, those realtor dues and those MLS fees down. So, Kip, you, you, you brought up the MLS. And so I know that sometimes it floats around within the realtor world that with the technologies we have nowadays, with the Zillows and the Realtor.coms, why do we need to have an MLS going into the future? What does the MLS do for us? Yeah, I think with the names that you just brought up, the Zillows <laughs> and, and others, you know, they all have a self-interest. And that, that self-interest is profit. Um, and while our MLS is a for-profit entity, you know, on, by the IRS, mm-hmm. we don't run it that way. We, we run the MLS so that the, the revenue that we bring in, we can reinvest in technology in our members. So uh, the purpose of the MLS is to have a fair and equal playing field. And I think when you let other entities take over the management of that, it really, uh, it really starts to become the wild, wild west where your contracts aren't accepted, where your compensation isn't paid, um, where you have really unscrupulous tactics that go on. And, you know, now we're in a tight market here and around the country they're in tight markets. So there's more friction when you've got a buyer's market or a seller's market. And, and we experience that. But just imagine if there were no rules mm-hmm. and no one had to apply. You know, sometimes people get frustrated. You know, I got fined for this or I didn't put this in, in MLS or this was an issue. Well, you just have to kind of pull yourself out of the immediacy of your situation and go, yeah, but I really like what Andrew was talking about, the data that's on the other side of that. If we don't get, uh, you know, what sold contracts were, you don't have any data to base your information on. So it's really imperative that we've got a centralized database where you, you have rules that you've got to follow that, that really dictate um, accurate information. It is the most accurate data anywhere. And it really does help this market succeed. You know, in other countries, they don't have MLSs. And it, it is literally the wild, wild west where you know, you're, you're wondering what you're going to get paid, if you're going to get paid, when you're going to get paid. And uh, it, it, we've really simplified and made this uh, an environment where you know what the rules are, you know what it's going to take to succeed, and you have the opportunity to really thrive. I can't imagine having to negotiate my commission on the uh, working well, when I'm working with a buyer, having to negotiate my commission on every single transaction I do. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the MLS makes it so that we don't have to do that every time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and I think things are getting better, and I don't, I don't want to hog this conversation, but I, I think things from a technology standpoint are, are really getting better where. Um, we're making those tools and those services easier to use. We're, we're deeply embedding other technologies. And, and it, it's kind of like a Frankenstein monster because we 
as, as MLS is we beat up all the vendors. So we want the lowest price because we don't want to charge any more to our subscribers because we're, we're sensitive to that. Um, and everything's got to work seamlessly. And so we're really getting a lot better at integrating those technologies so that we won't have as much training difficulty. There won't be so much of a learning curve in the future. And I'm really encouraged at the direction that, that Heartland MLS has gone. And uh, I'm really excited about the future, where we're going to be. So, so Kip, I have one more question for you. While we're on this line of questioning and line of thought that we're on right now is, you talked about MLS. Um, and for a lot of, not a lot, but some realtors, they say, you know, the only thing I get from the association is my MLS. I'm required to do this just to get that. Truly, why do associations exist at a high level? Andrea talked about some of the resources the association provides, but there's three different levels of the association, and this is that time of the year where dues billing starts coming out, and so those questions creep up. So what we can do to tell our membership about why we exist as an association? Yeah, I mean, we fundamentally, we, we exist to protect the rights and the privileges of home ownership. You know, and, and our advocacy is hugely important. It's something that, that no individual realtor uh, can do alone. Uh, we need to be a collective voice when we're talking with our elected officials and making sure that the policies and laws really are beneficial to the American dream of home ownership. And we're the only group that's out there fighting for this. I mean, there's no other group, if not for us, who? Um, and I think the continuing education that we provide, this year alone, we provided over 120 live classes for our members that they would have had to gone out and paid for. And so that's, that's over $400,000 worth of cost that they would have had to incur in 25, 30, $40 payments to an outside company to provide. So that's rolled right up into their dues. Um, you know, we provide the, the Lifeline Response Safety app. We wanna keep our realtors safe out there. Um, our professional standards, you know, that's something I, Andrea can certainly talk more about, but it's vitally important that we have people that are acting professionally and treating one another with respect through the transaction. What? And that's crazy. We want everybody I, I, to act I know, right? Crazy, I mean, come on now. Oh, come um, on, Kip. You know, and, and really having a voice and a direction. I, I've been really proud of our board over the last couple of years because we've made significant investments um, in economic development in areas of, of looking at how do we look at our rental market? How do we look at our commercial market? How do we look at our residential market? How do we look at global? And, and be able to take that 30,000 foot perspective and then make investments in our infrastructure. We fought for the new terminal at KCI because we know that's gonna generate jobs, it's gonna generate new, new homes, it's gonna generate more business. And so, you know, as we grow as an association, and just in the last three years, when I started, we were at 8,200 members. We're now over 11,400 members. Wow. Um, you got to go out there and earn your commission dollar, and no one respects that more than me. So the it's really my obligation to work with the board and figure out ways that we can help grow the pie bigger. Uh, because if it doesn't grow bigger, if we aren't looking at the economy, if we aren't looking at ways that we can improve the quality of life in Kansas City, people are going to leave, jobs are going to leave, opportunities going to leave, and we're going to have more realtors with less to sell. So, I mean, those are kind of the foundational things that uh, I see as hugely beneficial to belonging to an association. Um, and one thing that we talked about, which is really super boring, is standardized forms. I mean, I can't, you know, you, you, you take it completely for granted, but imagine, 
you know, only a neutral body like ours that isn't beholden to any company but collectively works on the behalf of all of our companies can actually come together, create our standardized forms so you can easily transact that business. I mean, otherwise, every company would have to have their own attorney work out a contract. I mean, how many deals would go south with two attorneys at a closing table mm-hmm. every time yeah. you wanted to write an offer? Right. It just it wouldn't make sense. We're and having so, to understand, you know, eight different residential resale contracts. Right. Yeah. right. The nuances are immense. I know up in St. Joe, we're just trying to figure out the difference between the MR contract and the KCRER contract, <laughs> let alone add in a whole bunch of different brokerage ones. So, Andrea, regarding professional development and professional courtesy, we have a deadline coming up. We do. Uh, yeah, yes. we want to talk a little bit about code of ethics and, and why that's important and what it means. Yeah, the code of ethics, when it was developed, was because there was a pain point. And that pain point in the real estate industry was it was you know anarchy like everybody was doing whatever they wanted to do they had you know some bad characters who were taking advantage of people and situations so the code of ethics allows us to have a um, a system where everybody knows what the rules are they know what's ethical they know what's right they know what the professional standards are so they can adhere to them in a way that protects not only agents and consumers so the the code of ethics where it seems like it might be a pretty boring class is um, vital to us all working together in harmony and it was put together in this the year 19. So, right. so, yeah. so have, you, have, you, have you seen those videos? Oh, I have. <laughs> they are pretty funny. I, I get a kick out of them. Whose idea was it for those videos? They're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was uh, to our staff, our staff members, uh, <laughs> Amanda and Allison. So our education director and our membership uh, director uh, came up with this whole skit, and Amber <laughs> helped write uh, a bunch of it for us. So we've, our staff is awesome. We, we've got a really, job, Amber. really talented group, and you know that's something I try as a CEO to foster um, taking taking chances. You know, obviously measured chances, but you know, figuring out how we're going to be creative, how we're going to reach our members best, keep them entertained, and and give them some really good content. And I'm just so proud of my staff that consistently does that day in and day out. And just a shameless plug here, if you've not taken your Code of Ethics class, you have just a little bit over a month left to do that. You have to do it by the end of the year. Um, Andrea, let's look at this year that you've had as a president. What were some of the goals that you had for this year, and how are you doing on meeting those goals? Because I know goals are really important to you. So Definitely. I can't believe the year is almost over already, and I feel like we've accomplished so much, and there's still time to accomplish more. Um, so leading into when I knew I was on this leadership path, I started listening, listening to our members and listening to what they needed. What did they need from our association? And over and over again, we heard about professionalism, education, and we also heard a pain point of, I I need health insurance. Like, I Mm -hmm. really love being Mm self-employed. I love this job. I love what I do. Yet I am paying astronomical fees for health insurance. And um, so that is one of the things that we've been um, researching and able to find one solution. And we have a couple more solutions that we're working on, um, but happy that we're able to, um, you know, get, get along the path on that and have at least one solution that people can go to right now if they're needing health insurance. It's a huge undertaking, but what a benefit to our members when that, when that happens. That's yeah. great. 
Um, so association health plans, um, I didn't realize how tricky those would be, <laughs> and we've learned a lot through the process, so um, that, that's been very interesting and enlightening. Um, when it comes to the education and, and professional development, Alice and Trevor, who is our education director, I mean, like all of our staff is top-notch and fabulous. Allison has done a great job of providing not only here in the um, KCRIR main office education but taking it on the road like where are some other places that we can have classes where are satellite places and our online education offerings there's no reason why people can't take their education and the to the latte next level. and learns she, she brought up the latte and learns this year which have been fantastic yep and the uh, umkc leadership academy hearing nothing but amazing things about that program and and people who uh, want to improve their level of professionalism so, Andrea, as we start to um, wrap up here, because we know that our time is coming quickly to a close, um, we're just a little bit over uh, two weeks until the holiday party slash installation of our incoming president, Steve Moyer. Uh, so what has been your favorite, as you hand this off to him, what has been your favorite memory from this year? And Kip, I want to know what your favorite experience with Andrea has been this year, because I'm sure you get a different experience with the new president every single year. So what's it look like for you, Andrea? Um, man, favorite experience. Oh, I don't have a, they, they've all been fantastic. I think um, probably the one of the most honoring experiences is that I hear more from our members. Like they they feel comfortable coming to me and saying, hey, how about this? Or can we provide this? Or why do we have this rule? And being able to connect the dots for them and be a conduit from our members to the association. Um, I, I took a lot of pride and honor in being able to do that. You've done it well. You've done it very well. What what, uh, what kind of things does Steve have to look forward to? Oh, so many great things. Um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, well, when you trust in the staff and you trust in the committees and you, you really get that we are all better together and that we need every single voice, we need everybody to participate and be part of it. And when you allow people to do their job and they know their mission, amazing things happen. Um, so Steve, you'll be fantastic. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I, I think my favorite, it's tough. That's tough to come up with just a favorite time. Um, you know, we, uh, we had the chance to travel to the T3 conference which awesome. is a conference on innovation uh, down in Miami. And I think that was a that was a fantastic time to really dream big uh, for our association and the future. Uh, I think it was really, uh, you know, the rock the block, which is something where with 300 of our realtors out fixing up a, a dozen houses in Kansas this year, uh, I mean, that was that was a fantastic event. It's a great day. You know, and Andrew's really pretty modest because there, there are some things that she didn't mention in that, um, I've really enjoyed watching her grow as a leader, and I've really enjoyed watching her grow as an advocate for the association and for real estate in general. Um, we've had opportunities for her to be on some of the, the morning talk shows, and she's just uh, represented the association with such, such uh, distinction and class and integrity. Um, it, it's just been a real joy to, to be able to, to work with Andrea and, and all of our leadership team. That's awesome. Well, I know that everybody appreciates both of your leadership. Um, in 2019, any predictions for the association? Where do you think things going? This is kind of a question for both of you. 
Well, I, I've got a budget meeting right after this. <laughs> so I'm, come back to you? I, I'm hoping it goes really well because we've got some really big, big plans. And some of those involve, you know, the use of artificial intelligence, um, improving our site so that it's, it's easily uh, searched, um, actually integrating voice so that a lot of your basic stuff that, that you do through the association um, can be done on your cell phone and uh, you know working through bots to do that so I think technology is going to be a real key piece of the the year ahead of us um, also you know growth has been a big part of our strategic plan and so with the mergers of Warrensburg um, the mergers of, of St. Joe it's how do we get out and make sure that we are providing that high level of customer service to everyone and that, that people don't get lost in the shuffle? So it's really going to be about customer service. It's really going to be about uh, technology. And it's really going to be about um, strengthening the, the value proposition that members have with the association. Great. Great. Yeah, we've seen over the last several years just a very – um, fast sellers market and as we're watching that market shift our business principles we're gonna have to get creative mm -hmm. we are going to have to find solutions for um, you know some of the challenges that will come in a shifted market and I hope that our members see KCRIR as a safe harbor for finding those creative solutions um, and I also know that our Realtor Political Action Committee the work that they do will become more and more important as our political landscape changes as the business changes where we are remaining central to those real estate transactions and like firmly holding our landowners, our property rights um, as, as valid and protecting those. So those are the things that I see for 2019. Can you give us kind of a brief uh, explanation of RPAC and what it, what it does for us? Because this is one of the things agents are going to see on their dues billing when it comes there mm -hmm. at the end of the year. They got that check off for the $15. What sure. is that $15 going towards? Yep. So the Realtor Political Action Committee, it is not um, one side of the po political spectrum or, or the other. It is a, um, you know, it's those better together. All of our voices and the dollars that we can invest in the Realtor Realtor Political Action Committee allow us to lobby for um, and be politically active in the um, <clears throat> excuse me in the um, in the things that matter to us. Like we had the transfer tax, we were protecting our homeowners from a transfer tax on services. Then we had the tax on our real estate services, and we were able to defeat that. Well, it was services for everybody, for every industry. It was yeah. daycare mm -hmm. providers. It was mechanics. Anybody that provides a service, this helped protect them. So we were able to go out to our homeowners, to our consumers, and say, look, our industry is helping protect your industry, which I think that was, I think, the way that uh, so many people finally understood RPAC for the first time, and yet we don't tell that story enough. Yeah, and I don't have, I mean, I'm busy. I don't have time to go to Capitol Hill and lobby, and so my investment into RPAC allows somebody else. That's like the mm -hmm. ultimate mm -hmm. leverage for us protecting our industry is investing in RPAC. Great. Well, awesome. thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on our first episode with this. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to our next episode. And what we have coming up is going to be a big surprise, so make sure you stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.